There are seven words that have caused MSPs to spend millions of dollars unnecessarily. Seven words. There are seven words that MSPs have always used to justify why they were unprepared, why they were caught without contracts, without insurance, without foresight. The seven words are these. I was going to get to that. No other phrase has exposed MSPs to so much liability, so many costs, and so many heartaches. Let's change that. Let's talk about what every MSP must get to today. Right now, listen up. everyone and welcome to this episode of the Technology Bradcast. I'm Brad Gross, attorney to MSPs nationwide and your host of this podcast, the most popular podcast in the nation devoted to the service provider industry. I'm glad you're here and because you're here, I know that you're looking for advice to improve the way you run your MSP business. You're looking to lower your liability. You're looking to locate and fill the holes, the deficits, in the way you do things so you can sleep better at night. You probably know that the way you do things right now isn't exactly spot on. Maybe you know that your customer agreement, which you borrowed from a competitor or copied from a template somewhere, hasn't been updated in years. Maybe you're wondering, for good reason, whether your agreements would protect you from the various bad things that arise in the industry. Or maybe, maybe you don't think you have the right insurance in place. Maybe you don't have insurance at all. Maybe you have a business that has no governing documents or governing documents that haven't been reviewed since you started your business. I'm talking about shareholders agreements, operating agreements, employment agreements, You might have started out small, but you've grown significantly, and you know, deep in your psyche, you haven't updated your company's documents. And that's bothering you, because you're not sure what you need to protect your company from itself, from co-owners that aren't behaving, or directors that are feuding, or from investors that own a piece of your company and suddenly want a bigger say in how things are done. And the reason why all of these concerns exist, the common denominator that links all of these issues together, are the seven deadly words of MSPs. I was going to get to that. Putting off certain crucial legal aspects of your MSP business is a surefire way to lose money. Maybe you won't lose money on a day-to-day basis right now. But you'll lose money in a big way, a huge way, when something that could have been prevented actually happens in the future. And then you'll be shelling out mega dollars to attorneys so that they can sort it all out. Average hourly rates are between $500 and $1,000 per hour for competent tech attorneys and litigators. Wow, they charge by the hour and they charge for every second that they think about your matter. They take retainers of thousands of dollars which are applied to your last bill. Sound familiar? If you've been through it, you know what I'm talking about. You'll shell out $10,000, $15,000 and that money is held against your last bill. And in the meantime, through the litigation, you'll get monthly bills that will make your brain and your wallet explode. Stop saying that you're going to get to the things you need and get to them. Now, 
today, this week. Okay, maybe not this week, but next week. But get to them already. Now, this is what you need to get to. I call them the foundational four. The four things that every MSB business must have in place as a foundational requirement to protect its business, reduce liability, and manage customer expectations. First, a master services agreement, an MSA. The MSA is the most important item that an MSP can have in its arsenal. It is the ultimate authority, the binding and governing word that exists between your company and its customers. It's the document that will protect your company if you do something wrong, if you make a mistake. You need to make sure that no matter what happens, your company doesn't have company-ending liability. But more than that, perhaps even more important than that, is the guidance aspect of your MSA. You see, in this industry, you can't just have a document that protects you when you mess up, because truth be told, you don't mess up very often. You don't do things so poorly that you're always writing checks and returning money, but you do need guidance. With all of the verticals that your clients are in and all of the solution providers and, and their ever-changing solutions, you're expected, think about this, to match a client within an industry vertical to a particular provider, then to a particular solution, any of which might change suddenly and without warning. So your MSA needs to address the guidance aspect of things. It needs to address realities of this industry. Want an example? How about transition services? Your client hasn't paid your bills in a while and then tells you the relationship is over and adding insult to injury, uh, your client wants its data back. Do you have to give it back? Can you charge for it? What guidance does your MSA provide to you for that specific situation? Now, think of all the other situations you face, scope creep, uh, uh, misalignment of expectations, all the, the, the parade of horrible things that you see. If you don't have an MSA that provides guidance, you need to change that today. The next foundational item is an employment agreement. This document lays down the law for your employees, but it doesn't just tell them how much they're going to earn or the benefits they'll receive. It also touches on incredibly important issues like uh, confidentiality, like workplace privacy, meaning, by the way, they have none, and you should tell them that. It also talks about social media policies, vacation policies, uh, client security policies, background checks. It might also, depending on your state, talk about drug testing, non-solicitation restrictions. This is more than you'd find in your average offer letter. And if you're only relying on an offer letter, well, then you might have serious disagreements at some point with how your employees manage and conduct themselves on the job. And the last thing you want is a lawyer's letter from an employment attorney alleging you did something wrong or a letter from the National Labor Relations Board, right, the NLRB, alleging you violated federal law. All of that will cause you to spend money, and I'm here to help you save your money. So if you don't have comprehensive employment agreements with your employees, you'll want to do something about that right now. Another foundational item is governing documentation. If you're an incorporated business, then you need a shareholder's agreement. If you're a limited liability company, an LLC, 
you need an operating agreement. If an attorney set up your company, then he or she may have provided you with some sort of boilerplate document, something that was sufficient to get you going to pass legal muster. I get it, but that's not enough. You need a governing document that provides your company with guidance about day-to-day and week-to-week issues. For example, what happens if your business partner one day tells you, I'm, uh, I'm working too hard, I want to cut back? Can you reduce your partner's ownership interests? Can you realign the amounts that you've paid out or that you will be paying out in distributions? What happens if you gave ownership to uh, uh, an employee who isn't working out too well or, or that employee leaves? Can you claw back the interest that you gave that person? Are you bound to pay that person distributions for the rest of your company's existence? I mean, what do you do? What do you do if there's a director deadlock? How do you determine conflicts of interest? Right? All these issues. What if you want to buy another partner out? Is there a way to value your company? I mean, I could come up with a lot of questions and a lot of situations, but will your governing documents provide the answers? If not, well, when do you think those answers will be provided? And who will be providing them? And what will that person's hourly rate be? Governing documents are a foundational requirement. One more foundational requirement, independent contractor agreements. Lots of MSPs use 1099 workers instead of full-time employees, but then they utterly fail to describe or control the business relationship. Just because you're paying a contractor doesn't mean you're safe from liability. You can delegate duties, but you can't delegate responsibility. So responsibility has to be front and center in your agreement with your contractor. Don't assume things. Don't assume that your contractor has enough insurance or any insurance. Don't assume your contractor understands the full scope of the project you've delegated to it, or that your contractor will take responsibility for things that go wrong, like customer delays, uh, product shortages. Don't assume that your contractor will follow all of your customer's security protocols or that your contractor understands the confidentiality of the project itself. Don't assume that your company owns the work product that the contractor produces because, here's a newsflash, in most cases, your company doesn't own the work product created by your contractor unless you have a written agreement, underscore written agreement, expressly saying you own it. That's copyright law, by the way, and it's nothing to trifle with. You need legal advice for that stuff. Don't assume your contractor will be using legal workers or that those workers won't look to you for compensation if your contractor fails to pay them. You see, these are the realities of business with a contractor, and these are just some of the issues that need to be discussed up front. If you don't handle them properly at the outset, then you'll be forced to handle them at your attorney's hourly rates in the future. The seven deadly words. I was going to get to that. Stop saying them. Make a plan to address the things that you know you have to get to and execute that plan today. If you have questions or need to know where to start, you know what to do. Give us a call at 954-815-8704 or hit me up on LinkedIn. Look for Bradley Gross in Florida. You'll find me. Or email me at brad at bradleygross.com. I hope you learned a lot this week, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Technology Bradcast.